I'm just going to try this and see what happens. It's the news. According to me. Oh, good morning. I guess. It's Thursday, it's Thursday August 10th, 9 o'clock a.m. I would normally be doing a live broadcast right now, but I just don't trust it. Yesterday did not turn out well. After lots of finagling and pushing and pulling and twisting and swoggling. I don't even know what swoggling is. Just made that word up. I had to, I believe, I had about 20, 24 minutes maybe of a live show and it got cut off. I kept going with the live show, but uh, the recording didn't happen. Uh, there was no recording any, anymore. And it, it may not have even had a show at all. I don't, I don't know. Because it went down to a poor signal and then something weird happened there. I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know why it would do that. I, don't, I, can't, I can't say that there was any nefarious activity just because I was talking about Pfizer and the FBI. Other large organizations that have control of everything. However, uh, I'm not going to go down that road. It wasn't, it wasn't a conspiracy. Because if, if the left says it's conspiracy, conspiracy theory, it's just a conspiracy. Now, they don't even put the word theory in there anymore. They just, put, they just, they just say, it's a conspiracy. Well, yeah, it is a conspiracy. But all of a sudden, the left, I even hear lawyers on the left. There's a guy named Legal Eagle on, on YouTube. I even hate to say, I say the name because it just... The guy is a lawyer, which gives him, I guess, gives him the right to say a bunch of, a lot of really crazy, weird things. He is a, an, look, he won't come out and say he's a leftist. He'd probably be offended if he told, said he was a leftist. He's a leftist. He is an activist lawyer. And he hates Donald Trump. And it's very obvious with his analysis of some of the things that are going on with the trial, with these cases. He is arguing for the prosecution. And it becomes very obvious. That the, I'll get into this a little bit later. But some, some of the arguments that they're putting together for this idea are, are very similar to the, the way they put together arguments for the anti-gun legislation and all other things is that just it just amazes me how they go down these roads and, and they'll set examples. Well, if you do this, then it's just be just the same. They're trying to get these examples of, of things that are just exactly the same. They're not exactly the same. We'll get into that a little bit later, but first we're going to get into my cup. I have a a new cup. I talked about it yesterday on the show, but I don't know if you heard yesterday's show because it's it may have not. I have a. A little electric-powered cup now. You just you set it on its holder and it charges it up, and you can carry it around, and it, it keeps. You can set the temperature. Right now, I have it set at 135 degrees. 135 is a little bit light. It's a little bit cool. I like it about 140, which I can push the button one more time. It'll go to 140, but then the battery doesn't last as long. But it keeps my 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 chai with cinnamon creamer nice and warm, toasty. Which is good. Now, I do have a backup cup this morning. I do have, uh, which I think is actually, crying. I got a crack in it all of a sudden. It may, it may just be a scratch, but it looks like a crack. It's by, I got some homemade iced tea. It's the last of my homemade iced tea. I'll probably have to make some more, but I'm going to be gone for a few days. And uh, because of that, I probably won't make any just because I don't want to, 
I don't want it to sit around. I'll wait till I get back home <clears throat> next week. And uh, next week, I, I, I might possibly be going camping. I'm not sure what's going to happen with my schedule uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. However, I, I, I will be traveling, probably traveling Monday, Tuesday, or uh, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Most likely be traveling, um, hoping to be on a, on a trip that uh, I have my evenings uh, busy and my mornings open, except for the last morning, which would be Wednesday morning. <clears throat> but then I will, uh, I will try to get back in time to uh, have a live show, probably, probably Wednesday. After. If there's going to be a live show on Wednesday, it's going to be in the afternoon. I might have to go back to doing Friday, live Fridays again. That's a very good possibility. Well, I'm going to work on start work on uh, moving times around, moving my my days home around a little bit. So through September and October, so that I can try to get a few more things done. Anyway, the um, especially going into the fall, I might even take a just take a month. There's a possibility I might get a month of uh, like non scheduled work completely in the month of September, where I can just kind of name my own schedule. I do have that option. And I have to I have to put in for that basically a, a month ahead of time. So I'm going to try to do that. See what happens. Regardless of all that, enough about me. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about what you think about me. So what's, what's uh? Let's get into this. I've got I got a whole I had to. I've had so few shows to vent on. I've had to write stuff down because I know I'll forget it. First thing first thing on the list here. I'm just going to go down the list. I've got a list today. I'm going to go down it. Mitch McConnell. Uh, Mitch uh, had a brief moment. I guess he's been having these moments and nobody's been talking about it, but he had one on camera in front of everybody when he was making a speech. And he said, and then there's going to be talk of, uh, and then he froze. For literally 19 seconds. He didn't say anything. It is the longest dead airspace I've heard in a long time coming from a politician. Sat there for 19 seconds. Didn't say anything. And then another member of Congress stepped up, some, some assistant or so, whoever it was, stepped up and said, Mitch, is there anything else you want to say to the people? Well, Mitch, you were in the middle of a sentence. I, was, I would assume you want to finish the sentence. Now, I, look, I've had family members, I've had people I know go through this kind of thing. It is heartbreaking. It is devastating when people have these kinds of moments. And he apparently still has his memories, he still has his ability to function. But he's having these basically uh, TIAs or whatever they are. They're little, little strokes. That's what he had. And it's, it's devastating. It, it's, it's, it's no fun. It's not, it's not, and it's not funny. What else is, something else that's not funny is that you're still in Congress. If, if he dares to run again, my head's going to pop off. And here's the problem. Everybody, everybody thinks, oh, we'll just step down. Well, it's, see, it's not just that easy. Somebody like Dianne Feinstein, 
who can't even function. She has to be wheeled around, and she doesn't even know she, where she is. Doesn't even. She, when they ask her a question, she, she, she just they need a yay or nay vote, and she, she goes into a speech. A speech about something that has nothing to do with the actual thing she's voting on. And here she is, just, just starts jabbering away. Now, and here's the problem. This is, this is where it gets a lot bigger than most people realize. It's not just about the candidate. And this is, this is what most people don't understand or think about when they, when they see a candidate running or see a candidate that has a problem. And, and people like Lindsey Graham, who've been around for, you know, way too long, who can't even get 1% in the national poll if he ran for president in the primary. Not even in the primary. Can't even get 1%. In his own state. Can't even win his own state. There's a reason for this. There's a reason they stay in power. There's a reason they're able to stay in power. There is an entire... Oh, I got to write, write something else down in here because uh, I want to talk about Mike Pence. Because there's some very viral things going on with him right now. The, so, <clears throat> so somebody like Lindsey Graham, somebody like uh, Reed, Harry Reid, when he was in, in office, couldn't hardly function at the end. Couldn't, couldn't think straight. He had no, he was so totally disconnected from people. Dianne Feinstein, Mitch McConnell, Joe Biden, all these people who are fun functioning at a very diminished level mentally and physically in some cases. Here's the problem. <clears throat> we have an entire organization. They have an entire support group, a, a group of people around them Tremendous number of people. It's a whole machine. And their jobs depend on that individual being in office. The party depends on that person being in office. See, it's, these roots go way down deep. So in order for the party to maintain that seat, because that seat is what matters, that vote, that precious vote, having 51 votes in the Senate, having a majority in the House. The seat itself is important. They have to protect that seat. They can't have it, you know, be, be a chance of it going to the other side. So there's that. that there's, there's that part of it. And then there's the part of it that is all about the machine, all of the people around that candidate who are entrenched in the party. You have a multitude, a huge number of people, the staff, everybody that's involved in the, in the campaign staff, the day-to-day -day council, the, everybody else that surrounds that candidate whose, whose job depends on that seat being maintained. If they lose that seat to the Democrats, all, their jobs are gone. Most of them are done.
how do you, you know, so, so all those people around there are pushing to keep that candidate in there because they know that if that candidate goes away, even if, even if the candidate goes to say, say another Republican, even if that, even if the, they may not necessarily have a job anymore because that new candidate is going to bring his buddies in his new council, and you may or may not be on that council. So there is a vast majority, a vast number of people who are going to try to keep you there because their, their jobs depend on it, their livelihoods depend on it. And the party itself depends on it because that, what if they do lose a seat or what if they get somebody else in there? That, you know, there's, there's just all these people entrenched in the machine surrounding that candidate. This is why people like Lindsey Graham and other people stay in there because they, the people around him are fighting for their lives. They're fighting for their jobs. Even, even though the candidate's terrible, he sucks. He's terrible. They've got to keep him in there because if another candidate gets in there, they're going to lose their job. So this is what happens here. This is where it goes. And, and on top of all of this, that candidate, that office, has control of a huge amount of funding. There's financial roots that go, and, and they, on top of this, so then they control, they control all of this funding, and all this funding basically is with regard to other people's candidacies. We had a... Well, just for example, that they're one of the reasons that people were chanting about Mitch losing the Senate was because he, he, he directed funding from certain candidates in certain states where they, they really needed, needed the seat. But this, the candidate was too radical. He didn't like the candidate, so he pushed funding away from those places and put it into places where they, they couldn't win. It was ridiculous. On top of this, we had a situation in our in our local politi political scene here with a certain Congress member of Congress representative, congressional representative. I'm not going to mention any names. Person is no longer in office for sad reasons, but it's going to go on with this whole thing. There was a time when John Boehner was the majority House leader, Speaker of the House. At the time that he was the Speaker, there was our, our local representative was put into office, largely because of the amount of funding that came from the Republican Party directed by Boehner. It was found that Boehner was being very, uh, what's the word? just needed to step down as Speaker of the House. Now, Jack Ryan stepped in in his place. Jack Ryan is an incredibly entrenched establishment Republican. Establishment, key word there. Most people forget that Jack Ryan was Speaker of the House. Most people don't remember who Jack Ryan was. He was so insignificant. However, he was there. He was, he was 
involved. In fact, he was the Speaker of the House, I believe, when, when Trump was elected. He ended up stepping down, I think, or retiring or something after the first year in. And he never brought the wall to a vote. It was never a part of what he was doing, and he did nothing with that. There were establishment Republicans left and right retiring during that term, and they, they wouldn't support Trump at all. I blame them for the failures, for the struggles that Trump had in his first, his first two years in, in office. More so even than the Democrats coming after him with all the stupid charges, the, the ridiculous charges. Has everybody forgotten that all these things that were said, the attacks that he got from the media, all these things that were said, they have never come back and apologized and said, oh, we were wrong about the Russian collusion thing. I'm sorry. No, they, they will, to this day, double down on it, even though there's been an, a $40 million, at least, probably more than that, investigation by the Mueller report found no collusion, nothing. Trump, and, Trump family, nobody involved. But did the Russians, you know, Affect the election or, or, or attempt to affect the outcome of the election? Yes. Yes, absolutely. They did. Okay, so you've done all this investigation. To what degree? How many votes were changed? Well, we don't know. I don't know. So all this investigation and you have no idea what percentage of the vote they got. What percentage, what percentage did it change? What, what is your estimate? Experts can figure that stuff out. Well, we don't, we don't have that kind of resources. But, but you're sure that they did. Oh, yeah, they, they did. Yep. To what degree? I, I don't know. Was he murdered? Yes. To what degree? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much he was murdered. I don't know what was used. I don't know how, I don't know how they murdered him. We don't, in fact, we don't even know. If, we can't even find a body. I don't know if he was murdered. I don't, I'm not even sure if he was murdered. But he was murdered. <laughs> and this same organization that we're supposed to trust has come out and said, oh, Russian disinformation. Held on to Hunter Biden's laptop knowing full well Elvis Chan, FBI agent who knew full well that the Hunter Biden laptop was real, that it was not Russian disinformation, held on to it because these people are corrupt. But here's the problem. Here's the problem with this. They believe that the end justifies the means and that their corruption, they don't see themselves as corrupt. They see themselves as being patriotic because we've got to stop Trump. It's all about stopping Trump, the bad man. It's all about that. Anything they can do to stop Trump is justified. Lie, cheat, and steal to keep that man from getting back into office because it is so dangerous. Can't have him any place near the, the red, big red button. The people who are the warmongers are not the Trump supporters and they're not the Trump administration people. How much have we spent on war since Joe Biden took office? And who's behind supporting that war effort? We are fighting a proxy war, barely proxy. I, I use the word proxy very, very carefully. The 
only thing we're not doing is providing soldiers to actually pull the trigger. Everything else we're providing in the war in Ukraine. That would not have happened under Trump. And yet they would have you believe the big warmonger, the big dangerous person in the, in the planet, in the, in the world, is Donald Trump. Nord Stream Pipeline, one of the largest natural disasters, not, not a natural disaster, not one of man-made disasters, understand how much natural gas was put into the environment at that, at that moment. The things that have happened under this administration, and they continue to blame, they continue to blame Trump for everything. And then you've got people like Joy, Joy Behar coming out and saying, well, I don't understand why why Biden's approval rating is so low. It's, a, it's, it's this narrative that the right has come out with all the bad things he's doing, but, you know, the economy is booming and people are, it's easier to put bread on the table. Inflation is down. No, no, Joey, that's not the case at all. That's not what's happening here. The rate of inflation has gone down, but it's still over twice what the Federal Reserve would like it to be. The norm, they consider the norm to be right around 2% or 1.8%. We are over 4%. Sure, it came down from 17%. Oh, look, we cut inflation. Cut inflation's down. Yeah, the rate of increase is down. This is like when they say they're going to cut the federal, bus, federal deficit. We cut 1.5 from the federal deficit. You mean from the $24 trillion you were going to spend, you cut $1.4 trillion out of that? So instead of having a deficit of $24.5 trillion, we now we've got a deficit of $23 trillion. Oh, yay! That's, this is the kind of thinking that these people have. And I, folks, I want to, I'm going to tell you right now, this, I'm, sure, I'm sorry that this, sh- this show may seem a little bit uh, fractioned, and I'm not even sure what I've said and what I haven't said. Here's the problem. It's almost 10 o'clock, and I have about 25 minutes of the show recorded, and I started at 9 o'clock. Uh, just to give you an idea of, of the troubles that I've had behind the scenes here, if this would have been a live broadcast, it would have been shut off many times. I have had to stop and go back and re-record things. I recorded about, I, well, I, I had about 10 minutes of a, sh- of a show, of the show so far this morning. I didn't even know I wasn't recording. I was unaware that the recording had stopped. I tried to use a different program to record, and it wouldn't even go two minutes. Some of the show that you've heard has been, I, I've got about four or five different recordings now that I have to piece together. And about a half an hour of what I've said has been, it's, it's just gone. It never got recorded, never got, never got taken down. 
It's been a very frustrating day. So I'm going to apologize right now for anything that may seem a little bit out of place or misjointed in the show and things that I've already said. I may, I may repeat myself. I'm hoping I don't. But there was so much to cover today and I had so many different stories to talk about. One of the things was Mike Pence. I don't think I've talked about that yet. Mike Pence pulling up to the gas pump. Now, Mike Pence is going to be a, a star witness, by the way. And I, I don't know if I've talked about this before or not. It's, I, I've, I've talked about it several times this morning, but I'm just not sure if it got, if it got recorded. Mike Pence will be uh, a star witness in the case in D.C. Because this Jack Smith guy. J- Jack Smith is a charlatan. I, I, I'm telling you, again, it comes down to the man's voice, listening to the man talk. He has no credibility whatsoever, in my opinion. The government's a fraud. He's a lot like this legal eagle guy that's on YouTube that I've listened to several times. The man is a leftist. He's an activist lawyer. Jack Smith is an activist prosecutor. He's a political pawn in the big scheme of things. And he's trying to make a name for himself. Nobody knew who Jack Smith was until he came out with indictments on Trump. Now he's the hero of the left. He's being touted as the greatest prosecutor on earth. Mueller was the greatest prosecutor, was the greatest. Whoever they think is going to win the battle. You had, who was the guy who was Stormy Daniels' lawyer? They were asking, oh, they wanted him to run for president. He's in prison now, by the way. There's, it's, it's, it goes on and on with these people. And they just move on. They don't apologize. They don't quabble and squibble and say, oh, I'm sorry. They've never apologized for anything. How many years did we hear that there was Russian collusion? Oh, Mueller's going to find it. Mueller's going into his investigation. He's going to find it. He's going to find all this collusion. And then there was no collusion. The Trump family, Trump was exonerated from any kind of Russian collusion. But you wouldn't know it to listen to the media today. They still, they still say, Russians hacked our election. That Trump is a Putin puppet. Well, okay, we had a $40 million investigation. I don't know if I, maybe I've already said this, I don't know. I don't know if it got recorded or not. We had a $40 million, over $40 million investigation from the Mueller investigation group. Mueller comes out and basically, basically the only thing said was the Russians affected the election. They can't tell us by what percentage, but how many votes. They can't name a, sing- a single vote that was changed because of what the Russians did. We have no idea of how much they affected our elections. $40 million spent, and all we know is, yes, the Russians tried to interfere with our election in 2016. And that's all the news media needed, the legacy media needed to say, oh, they hacked the election. See, they hacked the election. He's an illegitimate president. And we have no idea by how much they affected the election. 
people, I, I guarantee you there, there are experts out there who can tell us, but they don't want to tell us. They don't, they don't want to know. Much like the January 6th commission. They only studied one side of the issue because they had a narrative. They had to put that out there to make themselves look serious. Make themselves look legitimate. And all the time, all the while, it's the most ridiculous case on the planet. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a legal case. It wasn't, there was no cross-examination. There was no adversarial investigation of this whole thing. It was all, it's all a scam. It was made for TV. And it's, folks, uh, this, it just, it rips my heart out when I hear this kind of stuff. Here's, here's a recently, here's another recent I- issue that just came up. It's just, just another example. Hopefully this gets recorded. Another example of this whole thing. Recently, there's a school teacher who is obviously a black supremacist, hates white people, doesn't, can't stand the fact that her daughter has a white boyfriend and he's in her house and she, she wants this kid gone. She wants him killed. She's, I think she's joking when she talks about she tweets to a friend of hers or has a message of some kind to a friend of hers. She wants him to come over and bring all of his guns and get him out of the house, have him be gone. She'll help him dispose of the body. Now, is anything she said illegal? Well, you, could, you could argue that that last statement was a solicitation for murder. <clears throat> you could argue that. I'm not going to argue that, but you could. But, but the, the mere issue here is whether or not there was anything involved there that was, she did, was, that was illegal. She, should she go to prison for anything she said, for being a racist? Is racism illegal? Is it punishable by some kind of? No, it's not. It actually is not. Now, if you use your, that racism to systemically keep someone from doing something that's against their, you know, that, that takes away their rights to something. Absolutely, it's, it's illegal. Just simply having that view and posting it online is not illegal. And herein lies the problem. Uh, she has been banned now by the school district in that, in that county, I believe. She can't work anywhere else in that county. She probably won't work anywhere else as a teacher anymore. Probably. Did and there's yet no evidence that she ever discriminated against any children in her school. That she ever said anything to her children in school. That she ever affected. However, it's obvious that if you have that kind of a view, that she probably now. If you were a Trump supporter in school, and you came out and you said Trump, Trump, you know Trump. Like they were singing songs to Obama in some schools, in some places. If you came out with a Trump song, they would have deemed you a racist, a propagandist, all kinds of things, and probably thrown you in jail for that. You've been banned from society. Because they were labeling Trump a racist. Therefore, if you support Trump, you are a racist too. Which makes no sense because there are a lot of, there are plenty of people of color now, minorities out there, 
who are Trump supporters. They can't they can't stand those people because that's just a good. Oh, you're betraying your people. No, you're no, you're being true to yourself is what you're doing. Just had a friend of mine, good friend of mine from Peru. He made it to this country legally. He was born in a grass hut. Lived in a grass hut in Peru till he was like seven or eight years old. Went to a missionary school. Was taught, educated. Grew up, went to school, became a highly trained professional in this country. He loves this country. Came here legally. He's a a legal U.S. citizen. Didn't come in here any other way. Didn't come across the border illegally. He did it the right way. He absolutely loves what Donald Trump stands for. He just told me, recently told me a story about (laughs) told me a story about he he saw Donald Trump's plane, uh, the, the 757. It was in D.C. Of course, he was going through the Went to D.C. for the, uh, the, the, the whatever it was, the derangement, the, uh, I'm going to call it the derangement, the, the arraignment or whatever it was. And he saw the plane there. Well, he saw the plane taking off and his girlfriend was with him. I think he was in, he was in D.C. at the time. And as the plane was taking off, NBC there, it was, of course, all the news cameras were there. They were all, of course, they were all filming everything. And they had him in the shot. And as he saw the, the plane flying overhead, he saluted the plane. I don't think he's ever been in the military, but he, he saluted the plane. He got the big old salute. Well, then not too long after that, the motorcade was coming down through the street. Of course, the television cameras were on again. They were filming him. He was out there standing in, in the, on, the, on the sideline. As the motorcade came by, he saluted the motorcade as it went by again. Later, he watched the news coverage of the president coming down. And he was in the shot. The moment he began to raise his hand, they cut away. They can't have that kind of optic. Of some minority as they call them. They call them. I call him an American. I call him a U.S. citizen. That I'm proud to stand alongside of. Very proud to. And <laughs> they cut him out of it. I mean, he, wasn't, he didn't expect much more out of him than that. He knew that that's the way they would be. But they can't stand to have that, that, that kind of narrative there. I'll end with that, that little statement. Because at the moment, I think I've got about 35 minutes of the show recorded. And I've, I've worked at this for about an hour and a half now. Um, so many other things I wanted to say. Uh, Jack Smith, Elvis Chan, who's the uh, FBI agent. Jack Smith, the, the uh, prosecutor in this whole Trump thing. 
want to talk about the the Trump the the Twitter warrant, the X warrant that Jack Smith secretly went around and got all of his, the communications with with uh, Trump and MSNBC just going nuts. Oh, it's a bombshell! It's a bombshell! This is a bombshell! We've heard the bombshells. We've heard the walls closing in. I don't know how big this room was that Trump was in. The walls have been closing in for like seven years now. And they won't report at all on what's going on with Biden. And they know full well. I And here, I just want to say this one last thing. I have a, this is just my gut talking, and I've, I've felt this way for quite a long time. And I, I think I may have even mentioned it. When, when it all comes down to, I don't believe that Joe Biden is going to be in a race against Donald Trump. I don't think there's people there's people on the left that I don't think want Joe Biden to be in there. And I don't think that, that he will even make it that far. I, 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 just, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the left is in of the of this issue of what do they do with Kamala? I don't think they want her as the candidate either. She's so oh she's so oh don't underestimate her. Oh yeah, don't underestimate her. She's much more capable than you think. Whatever. Her approval rating, her her likability rating is in the tank. Now, they'll play her up to be the biggest, best thing since sliced bread. I'm sure they will, because that's what they're doing with Joe right now. And he's a complete bumbling, bumbling idiot. But it, it, anyway, I want to get that off my chest. The, the, I, I do not believe it's going to be a Joe, another, it's going to be a repeat of Trump, Biden. Now, will, will Trump be in jail? Probably. I, I, I don't see how the left doesn't put him in prison at some point. At least put him in some, – somehow they're going to get him in jail. Now, now whether or not he you – know, he's always going to appeal. I, I, there's some people who are saying, no, he's going to appeal. It's going to, it's going to be stretched out for a couple of years. I think they're going to sentence him to jail and they're going to put him in jail until the appeal is over. I, I don't – they see him as a dangerous individual out there in the streets. This is a man who was president of the United States. But they're going to call him an insurrectionist. All kinds of names are going to call him. They're going to make up all kinds of crap. And I, Trump thinks it's dangerous that if, if they put him in prison, it's going to be dangerous. I, I agree. I think there, there are wackos out there who are going to go nuts. They're not. And I, I have to say, something inside of me boils up when I, when I think of the idea that they're going to put this guy in prison. At what point? Where, where is the red line that the founders spoke of? Where is it? Is that it? I don't know. I think that there's a red line somewhere. And I, there are people out there who probably believe that's it. But I'm telling you, it's not going to come from some politician. I, it just, I don't know. I think that we're heading down a very bad road. Banana, banana republics don't end well. And it is the left, make no mistake, it is the left that is creating this culture of banana republicism. A lot of other things I want to talk about. I'm going to try to do it tomorrow's show. I'm, going to, I'm actually going to go to the worldwide headquarters and try my show from there. If I have issues there, then it's got to be something else with the system. It's not uh, not just my computer here at home. Because I literally am on my, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh edit now. 
and I'm probably fast approaching. I'm surprised I've been able to record this long in the last five minutes. It's very frustrating. Once again, folks, thanks for being with me this morning. Uh, thanks for listening. And um, I'm going to call it a show today. And I, I do apologize if there's been any repeats of anything. I'm not going to go back through the whole show and listen to it. I've just been piecing things together. I may have repeated myself on a few issues. Uh, unlike Sean Hannity, I didn't mean to do it. Uh, Sean, I tried to listen to Sean yesterday while I was mowing my yard. And it, I, yeah, he gets repetitive. And he says, well, maybe I'm being repetitive. Yeah, you're being repetitive, uh, John. You just keep saying the same. And he gets, some, he gets a guest on there. And they're talking. And he just... It gives him another opportunity to spend five minutes to making his talking points and then asking him a question. And then he interrupts the guy while he's giving an answer and he talks about his talking points again. It's just, it's just really frustrating. I don't, I don't know. How, how does the guy stay? Folks, pray for our nation. Pray for each other. God bless. I'll be on here tomorrow. Take care.